Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Thanks for joining me again. Today, I'm going to be talking about anger, healthy anger and how to express it. And I have so much to say that I'm going to break this into two parts. So this will be part one, and then I'll also have a part two. So um, I think anger is a very misunderstood emotion. And I think especially among Christians, it is um, misunderstood. And I very much like to unpack it a little. Anger, we feel anger when something disrupts us. It disrupts our goals or it keeps us from something we desire or when it violates something that we think should be or should happen. So I was talking and you interrupted me and now I feel some anger. Or I had some money and you stole it from me and it's my money and now I feel some anger. There's a sense of indignation, uh, indignation because of a violation or because something got interrupted and um, has hindered my desires. Now, anger, we think of it as a primary emotion, but sometimes it's a, actually a secondary emotion hiding something else. And it's like an iceberg below the surface of anger, there are often a whole lot of other things. And anger can actually mask other real emotions, such as uh, grief, that's a primary thing that anger can mask. Hurt, shame, rejection can carry a lot of self-pity, helplessness, anxiety, trauma, envy, loneliness, disappointment, and offense among others. C.S. Lewis called anger the anesthetic of the mind. And I, I think what he meant was that we would rather feel anger uh, that sort of anesthetizes us rather than deal cogently with some issue that's complicated or that we need to uh, enter into to bring some closure. But anger is an essential part of who we are as persons. God has created us to feel anger. He feels anger and we feel anger. So it's part of our, our humanness. But we seem to fall into one of two patterns. The first pattern is uh, we've been taught to avoid anger. Sometimes we even believe that we should just be nice and should never express anger and that somehow we should be ashamed of ourselves if we do feel anger. The second pattern is that we just give anger way too much place and we're angry a lot and we express it in destructive ways. And many times we don't even, you know, it, it's so natural to us. We don't even know there's a solution or there's another way, uh, another alternative because we just feel angry. So too little anger or too little healthy expression of it and then too much anger or too much destructive expression of it. And that destruction, uh, uh, destructive part of anger can carry so much energy and that's why it can be so damaging. It is a passion that easily can get out of bounds, but God wants us to have self-governing, self-mastery, it's a fruit of the spirit. Aquinas said anger should be our servant not our master. And I really like that because anger 
is alive. Anger is necessary, but it should serve us well and not master us as it too often does. Our whole culture seems to be a culture of offense and a culture of anger these days. And really, we're all subject to wrong kinds of anger because of the fall. We, you know, we're born into a brokenness in our emotions and distortions in our emotions. Now, anger has an effect, not just emotionally, but on our body as well. It can be a good catalyst, or we can hold it inside and it can become very toxic to our body. And we know that catalysts can uh, uh, eventually, the force of a catalyst can catalyze an explosion. So some physical effects in the body. It releases cortisol and other stress hormones, neurotransmitters, adrenaline, epinephrine, and these can shrink our memory, spark ocular migraines, induce teeth grinding, cause stomach pain, spike our blood pressure, and, and overall just depress our immune system if we continue with a lot of anger. Anger is intended to be a gift, and uh, the gift to us is it helps us become more assertive and take action where we need to take action against injustice. It gives us a strength, gives us an energy and a motivation uh, to be courageous against injustice. The negative part of anger is that we can end up in a great deal of resentment and bitterness, irritation, frustration, contempt, self-contempt, and self-righteousness. So eventually, some angers lead to depression. I've heard it said that uh, depression is anger turned inward. Now, I think that's way too general a statement. But when we turn uh, anger toward ourselves, it will have an effect. There will be depression. There will be effects in our body. Um, and if we love our anger, if we hold on to our anger, it just keeps us in perpetual adolescence. Adolescents don't want to take responsibility, but mature adults do. And the call of the Lord is for us to take responsibility for our anger and to respond rather than react to things in life. Okay, what about early formations of the patterns of anger? Well, one of them obviously is gonna be in our family of origin. How we were treated, what we observe from our parents, how they handled anger. You know, did they protect us from other people who had too much anger toward us, from bullies? Did they protect us from their own anger? Did they express anger well? Was it appropriately uh, appropriate? Did they shut anger down? When we tried to express anger as children, was that encouraged? Was it allowed? Was it disallowed? Was it shaped and formed well for us? Maybe we were shamed when we tried to express anger. And, and then we can still carry all of those beliefs that got shaped early on. We still carry those beliefs within us. When parents don't deal with their anger well, uh, they damage their children. And if a child isn't allowed to express their anger, they learn to distance themselves from their own heart, from their own emotions. And then as adults, they grow up just internally disallowing themselves um, to have that kind of anger. It's not something acceptable in their personhood. Instead, they should just be nice and shut down their anger. But who we really are 
we, we, we can't shut that down and still be a healthy person and put an acceptable self in its place. So sometimes as adults, we need help learning how to express anger, how to express it well, uh, how to recognize it and so on, so that we're not disconnected from ourselves, so that we know what we're feeling. And I'll talk about this more in uh, a podcast on emotions in general. The second pattern that can develop is from trauma and wounding. So sometimes our emotions just get buried alive at a point of trauma and then anger can get repressed from that and we can get ill, we can get depressed and in general, we, we're trying to press down the pain of all that and we press down the anger as well. And I wonder, you know, as I've just been talking these few minutes, were you taught to express anger well? Was it okay to express anger and to express it appropriately? Did you, were you taught language for that and how to shape and form that? Or were you taught about destructive uh, ways of expressing anger? Was your anger just uh, let go and uh, directed toward others in harm or turned toward yourself in harm? So, as Christians, we don't need to feel guilt. We don't need to feel shame. And and sometimes even Christians feel like they're spiritually weak if they express anger. Especially women can feel that. Our culture allows more anger with men than it generally does with women. So, But if you're afraid to be angry or you don't believe it's appropriate to be angry, people are going to uh, pick that up. They're going to intuit that. And they're going to use that. They're going to walk on you because they know you're not going to get appropriately angry. So we need our assertiveness drive freed so that we can be appropriately angry and not too compliant or too passive. So there's two parts to anger. One is the cognitive, the thinking part, and one is the emotive, which is uh, the emotional part. And we tend, when we think about anger, we tend to think about the emotional part. But the real problem is in our thought life because whatever is held in our thought life and held in our beliefs is actually going to be expressed in our emotional life. And, and our thoughts undergird our emotions and thoughts can sustain our anger. So we probably are going to need to identify these anger-inducing sort of inner beliefs and thoughts and learn to reframe them. This will take a lot of time and a lot of patience. Um, uh, at other times, you know, we're actually sinning by not expressing our anger well. You think about Eli, uh, who was a priest, and he had sons who were doing terrible things in the temple, and he never got angry. He never disciplined them. Or Aaron, who watched the children of Israel help them build a golden calf and didn't get appropriately angry. And there's real consequences from that. David in Psalm 51 said, God requires truth in the inward parts. We need to be truthful about our anger. So there's purpose in our anger. God's created us to have anger. And that is to feel injustice, to feel wrong, and to act in ways to counteract that, 
to correct it, to defend ourselves, and to defend others appropriately. It gives us strength and motivation and energy and courage to act. It empowers us. Anger is very empowering. Destructive anger is also very empowering. Um, so when we harbor anger, though, when we don't express it well, we're creating a resentment. We are creating something. Resentment literally means to, re to experience again. And so unfinished anger that we haven't resolved is really damaging. And even if we keep it long enough, it opens a door for a demonic presence to enter. If we have unresolved anger, if it's undiffused, a lot of times what we're wanting is to cause punishment to another in the way they harmed us. And of course, bitter roots can go from that and it's very toxic. The old writer George MacDonald said, the pleasure of anger, the gnawing attraction, which makes one return again and again to its theme, lies in the fact that one feels entirely righteous oneself only when one is angry. Then the other person is pure black and you are pure white. Ouch. With continuing unresolved anger, we usually need to forgive. We need to forgive. And even sometimes after we have truly forgiven one, the anger can remain a while. You know, we've been disappointed, we've been betrayed, uh, and we can feel anger, but we just keep uh, re uh, uh, an assurance before ourselves. No, I have forgiven, and, and the anger eventually dissipates. But if we hold on to our anger past its due date, we will not be able to function well and uh, we'll find that it begins to color everything. Um, if we hold on to our offenses, if we hold on to our anger, they begin to imprison us. Often there's true injustice done to us, but then we react to it and then talking about it transfers it to others. All right, so I'm gonna pick this up again and I'm gonna do part two of anger next time. Thanks for joining me now, and I invite you to join me then as well.